You're listening to a sermon from Tyler Christian Fellowship in Tyler, Texas. Find us on the web at tcftyler.com or send us an email, tcftyler at gmail.com. I turned it off. That's why. Okay. So um, before we let the kids go, I wanted to remind you of something that's coming up in two weeks. Um, And it's going to be right here on Sunday morning, uh, regular service time. Uh, And that's the uh, Lone Star Circle of Life uh, bike tour that's kicking off from here. And uh, Becky and I have done this for several, many years. Um, Caleb is riding in it uh, this year, um, along with a couple of other local cyclists and cyclists from all over the state. And it's to raise awareness for organ donation, blood donation, uh, tissue donation, bone marrow donation, all of these things. Um, our son um, uh, had a heart transplant when he was 17 years old, and it just kind of opened to us the um, importance of talking about donation. Um, it also was salvation to us. Somebody in their darkest moment thought of a complete stranger and consented um, to donate their loved one's precious organs um, to our son. And our son got 13 more years of life, got married, graduated from college, um, had a great job, um, and all of these things that were a direct result of that. I can't think of anything quite as Christ-like as somebody thinking of somebody in their, in their darkest hour like that. Um, anyway, we're going to have a chance to do the kickoff um, for that, and that's two weeks from today. And also, in conjunction with that, as we often do with uh, any kind of our special days, um, the Bloodmobile is going to be here, and you guys went like above and beyond the last time they were here. I think we were hoping to get like, I don't know, 12, and we got like 19 uh, units of blood. And in this day and time, that's difficult because there's a lot of deferments. There's a lot of reasons why people can't give blood. So if you're able to, I just really encourage you to do that. Um, And I think last time we talked about the need for um, blood donation. Um, You know, I don't know if I give blood to somebody what actually is imparted through that blood, but I know Jesus lives in me, and I know that the sacrifice that he made for me is imparted to me, and if that blood is the blessing, then that's, that's great. But if maybe there's more than that that comes, Adam, you know, the life is in the blood, and my life is all wrapped up in Jesus, so, you know... I'm not trying to start some doctrine or something about that. I'm just telling you that you got something to give, and this is a real way to, to give it. Um, so that's going to be two weeks from today, um, regular service time, and uh, we're going to ride out from here. Uh, we're going to do uh, probably 75 miles that day. Well, not that far. Yeah, maybe 70 miles to uh, Corsicana. Um, then we're going to go to Waco. Then we're going to go to College Station. Then we're going to go to um, Katy or Victoria. Katie and then Victoria, and we're going to wind up in um, Corpus um, this year. So uh, we appreciate your prayers. And uh, so anyway, I just wanted to remind you of that uh, coming up. Um, So I'm going to let the kids go to children's ministry. And As the kids go, I also wanted to say something about the, um, the prophetic word or the word um, that, uh, was that Susanna this morning? Yes, um, that Susanna. Um, some of you guys may not be f- kind of familiar with that type of um, flow of the Spirit, and we don't always have that here. 
Um, it's, uh, it's a part of what we believe and it's a part of what we um, seek and, and, uh, and, and love about um, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, but what, what she was doing is just an overflow of the Spirit. She's worshiping the Lord. And uh, the Bible, when it explains tongues, it says that the Spirit intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And sometimes our words are just not sufficient. And that's what Susanna was experiencing there in that overflow and that, um, that message in tongues. The Bible also gives instructions about a public word in tongues, that there needs to be an, an interpretation. And the way we believe is that if the person themselves doesn't have the interpretation, that somebody in the congregation um, has the interpretation, but the person that shares it is responsible for that. And what you heard there was like a flow of um, tongues, but then also a flow of, um, uh, in, in, a, in a language that we understand in English. Um, and that means that that's in order. And what I really appreciate about that is that a lot of times, um, a message in tongues is an expression of somebody's heart to the Lord. So it's going to be you directed and directed to the Lord. And that's the way that the, the, when she uh, was speaking in English or, or uh, crying out in English, um, that it was God directed. It wasn't like, you know, a, a message necessarily to us, but it's a, mes it's a message from us um, to the Lord. So I just appreciate her obedience um, in that. And uh, one other thing I wanted to say before David is going to share the word this morning um, concerning Rooted. I'm really excited about us going through Rooted. How many of you guys have been through Rooted before? Good. Okay, we've got a pretty good number of people. How many of this is going to be your first time to go through Rooted? So, yeah, I, I can tell you, man, you're in for something because um, this is a curriculum, I guess, a curriculum that was originated in Africa um, and um, there's, there's something about it that is um, not necessarily American uh, in the flavor or in the spirit of the thing. It's just, a, you know, it comes from a different place than, than we are, um, and it's just so solid, and you're going to get to walk through some things. Um, there are um, so many different resources that go along with this, but it's not a Bible study, it's a practice so we'll be talking about things, and then we're going to be practicing those things um, as well. And I, if you're, especially if you're young in the Lord or new to the Lord, I can't think of a better way to kind of lay a solid foundation um, than this, the things that we're going to talk about and the things that we're going to practice together. So if you haven't gotten in a group, be sure and talk to David um, at the end of the service today and get plugged into one um, to be able to start straight from the get-go um, next week. All right, so... Um, several weeks ago, I was sharing on uh, covenant, on the new covenant. I was just struck by, because I was reading through the Old Testament and uh, reading some of the accounts of the failures of, of Israel over and over and over again. God is always faithful. People are really rarely faithful. Um, and you could just sense the, the frustration on God's part and the frustration on people's part as well, that he had given them a good covenant and he had given them, the, he had told them what is pleasing to him and they just didn't seem to be able to walk in that. And I'm not making excuses for them. Some of the stuff that they did was, in my mind, unforgivable, but not in God's mind. In God's mind, it's just like, you know what? I've got a better covenant in mind. And the way that he prefaced this was, he said, I've loved you with an everlasting love. And he said, I'm going to give you a new covenant. 
And it just struck me this, the, the contrast between the new covenant that we walk in and the old covenant and how sometimes we can be walking in the old covenant and not understand that, not realize that. That we're still trying to do the do's and don'ts and still trying to do the things that please God so that we can be acceptable to Him. And that's not what He's after at all. You are acceptable to Him today. You are. You are. He loves you just like you are. But the good thing about it is, is that this love relationship that you have with Him is going to change you in ways that you can never change yourself. And that's the new covenant that we walk in. And as I began to think about that, I thought, you know what, that would be great to develop that as a series. And I've been wanting to do a a team uh, type approach to preaching because we've got some really um, talented um, uh, people to share the word and not always that much opportunity for them to do it. And so that's the reason why we've kind of embarked on this um, for a season. Um, So Caleb preached uh, a couple of weeks ago, well, Caleb preached last week, Jay preached a couple of weeks ago, and David Cook is going to come to share the word this morning. So let's give him a good welcome as he comes. Amen. Amen. It has been a long two weeks being away from you guys. Uh, I just, I'm so excited to be back today. You know, Emily and I took a couple of weeks off. Um, The passing of Emily's sister kind of hit us hard. And I want to, first of all, before I launch in, I want to say thank you to the body for um, just being there for us and for reaching out to us with texts and phone calls and food and flowers and everything to just show your love and support for us. And so I just wanted to pause before I jumped into anything this morning and just say what a blessing uh, you guys have been to us over the last two weeks. And, uh, uh, just how nice it's been to just be able to uh, relax and uh, take our time uh, coming back. Um, but we're back, and we're glad to be back. And man, the presence of the Lord, huh? This morning, yay, God. I just love worshiping with you guys. It is like the highlight of my week when we come together and when we lift our voice and when we just no holes barred, just go for it and just give God space to move. It just never ceases to amaze me um, how good He is, how faithful He is to connect with our hearts and to just draw us right in. So, man, I just so appreciate uh, this morning. What a way to come back. Um, And the other thing that I'm excited about today is it is opening day uh, of the NFL season for the Dallas Cowboys. And as of right now, they are undefeated. So... Unless you're a bigger Cowboys homer than me, you know that that's probably going to change at some point. Hopefully not today. But as of right now, they're undefeated, and I'm excited about that. But um, um, I'm excited really about everything that God has for TCF this fall. The Rooted Study, um, City Fest, all the things that we're involved in, um, just all the things that God is calling us to. Stuff that we met together and prayed about um, all through the summer Right here at 6 a.m. on Friday mornings, we prayed about the fall, you know, for God's blessing and His hand to be upon the ministry out of this church and for it to be powerful and effective. And God is faithful, and He is already doing some things and stirring some things and pointing us in new directions. So I'm excited about the fall. I'm excited about everything that's coming. And, um, and I'm really excited about this series that we're in where we're focusing uh, on, the, on the new covenant. And Brother Joe touched on this just now. A little bit like, why are we studying? What, what is the big why of this series? Well, um, to know where you are and to really appreciate where you are, sometimes you have to take a look back at where you've been. And as we think about 
Old Covenant versus New Covenant, there are so many things that we just take for granted sometimes that we have access to that God has given us in the New Covenant. But when you read, as Brother Joe's doing, and maybe some of you guys have done this year, where you're going back through the Bible, and when you're in the Old Covenant, especially when you hit that stretch through Leviticus, man, you never appreciate worship the way we just worship just now so freely. You never appreciate it more than when you're reading through the book of Leviticus and you're understanding that under the Old Covenants, you know, that it was so hard to connect with God. There were so many hoops to have to jump through and it was so difficult, but God has made it so easy for us as New Covenant Christians to just come straight into His presence like we did this morning through His Son Jesus and He pours out His Spirit, just touches our hearts. We just, sometimes we take that stuff for granted, but we want to take a look back sometimes at the Old Covenant as compared to the New Covenant to really gain a strong appreciation for what we have. Um, I was listening to a podcast that I like to listen to this week <clears throat> where a couple of, a, it's, a, it's a Dallas Cowboys podcast, um, no shocker there, um, where there's a couple of Cowboys and they were talking about their life before they got paid. Because they were talking about Ezekiel Elliott, the Cowboys running back, you know, he signed a new contract for a gazillion dollars uh, this week. And these two cowboys were talking about their old life before they got their money. And, they were, and then they were talking about when they got their first real paycheck from the NFL. And the one guy was saying, you know, when I got my check and I saw all them zeros, and he said, I couldn't believe it. And he said, I went straight to the bank and I deposited it. And then I withdrew. And, and he didn't get paid that much. It was only like $50,000. Yeah his weekly paycheck. He said, I withdrew $50,000. And he said, I took it home and I just sat it on the table like in front. Just like, it's mine. It's mine. It's all mine. And like what he was saying is like, this changes everything for me. But not just me, but generations after me. My children, you know, uh, uh, their children's children. He was like, this is game changer for me. And he was saying, you know, it's like, I, I, you know, I finally have opportunities that I've never had before, being poor. I finally have potential to do things I've always wanted to do. Well, in really the same way, the new covenant is like that for us. And we look back at the old covenant, and what they had was okay. There was, it was a way to connect with God. It was a way to establish a relationship with Him and follow Him and be set apart for His purposes. But compared to the new covenant that we have today, it was it was terrible. <laughs> I don't know any other way to say it. When you put them side by side, what we have today, Joe said it, and it says it in the book of Hebrews chapter 8, that Jesus' ministry is so much more superior than the ministry that they have, speaking of the Pharisees and those following the law. And he was saying for his covenant, the covenant that he mediates is so much better than the covenant that they mediate or that they dispense. It's a better covenant. So we want to focus on that today and talk a little bit, uh, that's what we're doing really in this series, gaining a new appreciation for what we have. Um, as Joe uh, mentioned, Jay spoke on the new law, the law of the new covenant, which was, does anybody remember back to Jay's sermon? There was two main laws that Jesus said focus on that are the laws of the new covenant. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second, love your neighbor as yourself. If you fulfill those two, if you can maintain those two laws, everything else hinges and hangs 
on those. That's the law of the new covenant. Caleb talked last week about the people of the new covenant and how God created uh, a new people, a brand new people, give us, gave us new hearts. And he called this people, uh, there were different things that the people of God are called, city on a hill, salt of the earth, light of the world. Those are the, 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 the uh, defining qualities that God gave us as a new covenant people. He wanted us to be a people that were highly visible and affected the earth in a new way that had, it had never been affected before. So we looked at the law of the new covenant. Caleb looked at the people of the new covenant. And today what I'm going to focus on is the life and ministry of the new covenant uh, believers. And so I've titled my message this morning, The Missional Life, Prayer and Evangelism. Because when you, look in the new, when you read the New Testament, you look in the new covenant, um, there are a lot of things that define the ministry of new covenant believers but two biggies that you always see the believers doing um, when they're gathered together and when they're out is prayer and evangelism. And it's the same for us today. It's really important for us today because that's the calling on our lives, to be prayer warriors and to be gospel sharers, to be evangelizers. So we're going to take a look uh, at how that applies to us today and also kind of compare the two between the Old and New Covenant, um, how this is new uh, for them and new for us. So, when I think about the statement missional life, um, for me, um, just, just a glimpse into my journey, um, when I was, it was around 97 when I, 1997, when I gave my life fully to the Lord. I'd been a Christian up to that point, but not, had, had not really followed Him with all my heart. Had ridden the coattails of my parents through church and got into college and had some crazy years. Walked in rebellion. Around 97, the end of my college years, I turned back to the Lord and, and came back and fully surrendered my heart to Him, gave Him every, everything. And when I did that, man, God just rescued me out of the pit. He filled me with His Spirit. He put a new song in my mouth. And man, all I wanted to do was walk around and share with people what God had done for me. Um, I didn't know anything about evangelism. I didn't know anything about living a life on mission. I just knew I was forgiven. And I just knew that there were other people walking around that were in my condition or that had been in my, the condition that I had been in that needed to hear what I had heard and needed to experience what I had experienced. And so for the first few years that we were in Tyler, you know, everybody was an opportunity for me to share the Lord with everywhere I went at work, wherever. And, um, but, you know, what eventually happens to all of us, the old curmudgeons will say, the honeymoon phase ends. And um, I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know if there's a honeymoon phase in the Lord. I think we're always on a honeymoon with the Lord. But there is a, there is a season where life changes a little bit. And there is a, that you can come into a season where your spiritual fervor or your passion for sharing the Lord with people can sort of die down. And that's why Paul tells us, don't lose your spiritual fervor. Don't lose your zeal. That's why he tells Timothy to fan into flame the gifts that's been laid, given to him by laying on the pants. So we're, com we're admonished to, to not let that die down. But inevitably, with me, um, life got busy. Things changed. Uh, habits started forming, maybe, that kind of pulled me away from, from that fire that I was walking in for you know, the first two or three years. And I just kind of found myself <clears throat> not, not in a bad place, but just kind of in a rut. You know what I mean? Just kind of not really growing, going forward and growing wasn't going backwards per se, but just, just kind of maintaining. And um, in 2010, I just felt the need, you know, with Emily. Emily and I were discussing this. I said, you know, I just want to 
Let's just press into God this year. Let's, I've, I've got to reconnect. I've got to, you know, I, I want to experience all that He has for me, uh, uh, you know, all that He wants to do in me and through me. And so we fasted in 2010. We devoted the whole month of January to the Lord. Spent every morning at 5 a.m. just on our knees before Him, crying out to Him, calling out to Him. Well, in conjunction with that fast, I read a book that was really life-changing for me. And the book was written by uh, Pastor Jimmy Seibert. He's pastor of Antioch uh, Community Church in Waco where our families attend. And uh, this book was called The Church Can Change the World. And, you know, like... If you're a little bit like me, you start reading a book sometimes that people have told you a lot about, and you're a little suspicious at first, like, I don't know, you know, will I, will I agree, will I buy in or not? And I just start reading the story, and it's basically just a story of Pastor Jimmy's journey and the journey of Antioch Church, which, which is a very missional-minded community. Um, they live on mission 24-7. The goal is to touch people's lives um, just like our, the first letter of our, ours is, but that is, that is what they focus and just put the bullseye on is evangelism, evangelism. So I read this book in conjunction with my fast and God just starts speaking to me, just starts changing my heart as I'm reading these stories of faith and um, encounters with the Lord and how stepping out in faith and doing the things that God calls you to do right in the moment can have such an impact in people's life. And the, and the book was really just geared towards to get you missionally thinking. For every opportunity that you have in your life, think of it as an opportunity to share the love of God with someone. We came out of that 30 days of fast, and I was tremendously impacted. And, and I thought, you know what? Um, I'm just going to do that. I'm just going to go New Covenant, early church lifestyle, and I'm just going to live on mission. And, I'm, and my, Emily and I are going to make that our our life forward and we're going to raise our kids in the same way to to walk out and live out this new covenant lifestyle of prayer and evangelism and of reaching anyone and and everyone and anyone as God directs us and so we began to do that and really the last 10 years now it's almost well this January we'll make 10 years we've been trying to live out a missional type life and we have seen God do some just amazing things take our lives in directions that we never could have imagined and given us opportunities with people that we never could have imagined um, just simply by obeying him and obeying his word and obeying the great commission because the thing about what Jesus gave the first new covenant believers and what we have today as far as a mission statement it's not changed amen it's the same mission statement to go into all the world, to spread the gospel, to baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to reach the nations. The mission statement hasn't changed. The gifts that we've been given to accomplish that have not changed. Nothing has changed. We've changed a little bit. And so sometimes we have to point back, look back into the new covenant a little bit and see what does it look like to live a lifestyle of prayer in evangelism and live on mission for God. I had a, an encounter, um, just to kind of go along with this, I had an encounter about two weeks ago. I was at the gym, and, um, and I, was, I was kind of at the end of my workout, and I was on the treadmill running. And um, again, like when, when we are somewhere, 
we're always kind of thinking, God, is there something you want to say to someone in here while I'm here? We want to live on mission that way. Is there anyone here, no matter where we are, gym, grocery store, school, whatever, we just want to be a conduit of God's love and grace. And I was at the gym, I was on the treadmill running, and I had noticed there was a a young lady there um, that had set up a table by the front door, and she was a sales rep for some nutrition company. And she had set up this table by the front door. I had noticed her, and, and I'm on the treadmill running. I didn't think anything of it. And, and in a minute, I saw her go outside, and she was out in the parking lot on the phone talking to somebody. Again, I'm not thinking anything of it. And then all of a sudden, the Lord just speaks, begins to speak to me as I'm running. It's like, see that lady right there? She needs prayer, and she needs it right now. And then the Lord begins to speak to put, kind of put an image in my mind of, of a child or a baby, or some, you know, kind of a really scared child. So I get this image of fear and something to do with children, and I'm running, and I'm thinking about this, and okay, Lord, yes, all right, I'll do it. And, but let me hit the pause button in case you're thinking, like, wow, he's so, he's so fearless and faithful. That, that is so far from the truth, because every time the Lord gives me a task like that, I start trying to figure out, didn't, I'm probably just missing him. This is probably just me. I'm thinking all this stuff up. Anybody ever feel that? You ever hear that? Yeah. <laughs> yes, thank you. I'm not alone. So you start to second guess yourself. Like, is this of the Lord? I don't know. Should I say this? She's going to think I'm a weirdo. You know. So I have all those same battles too. We're all on the same page. But I get off the treadmill and I, and I know I'm going to have to walk by her table on the way out. And so as I'm walking by, I start up a conversation with her. She starts telling me about her products and all of that. And and uh, so just as I'm getting ready to walk away, I just stopped and I said, um, is there anything that I can pray about for you today? Is there anything on your heart today that, that you need to see God you know, move in? And she almost immediately started to cry. I mean, just tears. And she just put her head in her hands like that. And she said, I can't believe you're asking me that right now. And she said, um, there was a guy in the gym while ago, a little bit ago, that I recognized from the apartment complex that I live in, and he's been sexually harassing my daughter and making all kinds of suggestive comments to her, and, and he's got us terrorized. And I'm, I'm so afraid of him. And she said, I saw him, and he walked past me and looked at me, and I looked at him, and he walked out, and she said, I had to go out on the, and get on the phone with my boss and say, I can't, I can't do this. I'm, I'm totally shaken right now. And her boss says to her, sounds like you need prayer. <laughs> yeah. He didn't pray for her. Maybe this guy like tapping me on the shoulder. Hey, you know, because like, I'm going to pray for her. So I said, wow, okay. I said, you know, as, as I was running, I saw you out there and God told me that you needed prayer. And it had specifically something to do with a fear about a child or children. And so I said, so we're just going to pray right now in the name of Jesus for God to protect your daughter. We're going to pray for God to give you peace about the situation and for God to prevent anything from happening you know, any further. So right there in, in the entryway of this busy gym, we're just holding hands and just praying down heaven you know, right there on the spot, man. And God is just moving in that moment. Heaven and earth are just touching right there. And I can feel people walking past us and I can feel the, the traffic going past us, but it's like there's just that holy moment of connection that God gives us with people. 
And as we finished praying, I was walking away and she said, you just changed the whole trajectory of my day. And I said, no, Jesus changed the trajectory of your day. And I said, God bless you. And I walked out and like I got in my truck, man, and it was like, I mean, the amount of hollering I'm going to do when the Cowboys crush the Giants this afternoon, nothing. I was like, Give my, I'm going to spike my Bible, man. It's like, woo! You know, like, Jesus! You know, like, He is the hero. He is the victor. He is the hero. The point, the point I'm making is that we are all called to this lifestyle of prayer and evangelism and a missional life. And maybe you're like me. At first you hear it and you're like, I don't know if that's for me. It's for you. It is for you. God wants to use you in powerful ways to touch people uh, at their moment of need. He wants to move through you and work through you and step into people's brokenness and pain and fear and every other situation just the same way that He did. And He's calling us all to that. And so I just share that with you uh, this morning to tell you a little to just kind of give you a glimpse into what maybe New Covenant missional living looks like for us uh, today. Um, boy, we're running out of time fast, aren't we? It goes quick, it goes quick doesn't it? it? Goes quick. God's good. Um, so I just want to fast forward a little bit and talk um, about where the mandate to move forward in this way comes from. Jesus is about to ascend into heaven. He's gathered with all the disciples. He's, this is about 40 days past His resurrection. He's been with them all this time. And He's about to leave earth and go into heaven. And they ask a question. Much, I, I guarantee it's probably the same question that we would ask if we had followed Him around for three years and depended on Him for everything. And we knew that, we knew that He was the Messiah and that the main goal was to establish His kingdom on earth. And so the question that they ask Him is like, is this about to happen? Is this the moment? Are we in it right now? Acts 1, 6-9 says, Then they gathered around Him and they asked Him, Lord, are You at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And He said to them, It's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by His own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be My witnesses in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid, hid him from their sight. I want you to watch what happens in this passage. Um, and if you'll allow me to, I just want to digress for just a moment. They're asking a question. They're asking when. When will your kingdom start? When will it begin? That's what they said. He said, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel. Their understanding of the kingdom, that Jesus was going to come and rule and reign and conquer the Romans and reign from Israel and, and uh, put the Jews back in their rightful place of authority and all of this. Jesus doesn't even answer that question because they're asking the wrong question. They're asking when, and Jesus just turns to not when, but how. And he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. They're asking the question, when will the kingdom come? Jesus answers the question, here's how 
the kingdom will come. And I really felt impressed this morning as I was looking kind of back over my notes um, that God wanted me to, even though this is a slight digression, He wanted me to ask you that this morning. What are the things in your life today that you're saying, when, God, when will this happen? When will I see healing in my body? When will I see my financial situation change? When will I see my prodigal come home? When, when, when? And I feel like what God was saying this morning was stop asking the question when and ask how. Start asking the question, how will I see you fill in the blank, whatever it is, come to pass? Because the truth is God answers. A lot of times He doesn't give you the dates and times and seasons just like, just like they're asking for but He gives you the very first step of how in the process. And I felt like what God wanted to say to us this morning is shift your question from when to how when you're praying this week. Just begin to ask, Lord, how will this happen? And then wait on Him and see what He does. See what the next instruction is from His heart to yours and then be obedient to walk it out. The next instruction to to the disciples was you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit, and he, that's where he, he comes in, he tells them. So basically their instruction is to leave, you know, once he's gone, leave here, get to Jerusalem, and receive what I'm about to give you. And you know what's cool is that sometimes when we answer the question how, or just take the first step in the direction of how, we answer the question when. God leads us to the when. Amen? Amen. So I just want to lay that on you. I know this is a slight digression but I really felt like that was from the heart of God for us this morning. So let's just move quickly through this. There's a couple of characteristics um, that really define New Covenant um, prayer and evangelism. First of all, New Covenant uh, prayer and evangelism was bold. Secondly, it was compassionate. Where does boldness come from? The boldness that they walked in. Acts 4.13 gives us a glimpse into that uh, as Peter and John are before the Sanhedrin and they're being questioned about praying in the name of Jesus. They just performed a miracle, had raised a lame man up to walk, and they're being brought before the Sanhedrin because they're preaching in the name of Jesus. Acts 4.13 says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that these were uneducated, common men, and they were astonished, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Their boldness and our boldness is directly related to our time spent with Jesus. The more time that we invest in His presence, the more time that we devote to simply getting to know His heart, simply walking with Him, being with Him, and I'm talking especially those consecrated times like the fast that I was describing earlier, but also those mornings, those morning times where God says, get up and meet with Me. you know, And you get up and you meet with Him. All those times, maybe even in the car when you're driving down the road and got and you got the radio on and and you know it's cowboys talk for me or whatever it is for you, and the Holy Spirit says, tune into God right now, tune everything else out and just tune into Him, and we just in obedience just turn it off and just say, okay, God, I just want to be near you. I just want to hear you. I want to hear your heart. What do you want to say to me in this moment? God is faithful. He wants to speak. He wants to give you His heart. And when He gives you His heart, when He reveals His heart to you, especially like 
you know, for encounter times or for people that you come across on a day-to-day basis, like the lady at the, at, the, at the gym, the reason that I didn't chicken out of that opportunity is because I had the confidence that the Lord had spoken. And the reason that I had the confidence that the Lord has spoken is because I know His voice. Because I spend time with Him every day like that, getting to know His voice. And so when He says, do this, I may, I may still feel a little fear, but if I know it's from Him, there's a boldness and a confidence that I am going to move forward and I'm going to do this because this is of the Lord. And it's the same way for you. The more time we spend with Jesus, the more time we've been with Him, the bigger impact and effect it will have on those that we are praying for and seeking to uh, share the Gospel with or evangelize. You know, evangelism for us, we've kind of, over the last few years, it's kind of taken on this term for us that evangelism doesn't mean like closing the deal from start to finish. Share the Gospel, they listen, you pray the sinner's prayer. Evangelism is really just helping somebody else take another step closer to Jesus. And that's really what evangelism is um, for us today. Sometimes you get to be on the closing end, and that's awesome. But sometimes you're just sowing the seed. You're just being faithful to give them what God's given you in that moment. But nonetheless, that's evangelism. Boldness also comes from knowing what you have. Corinthians uh, 1, 19-20 says, For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, whom we proclaimed among you, Silvanus and Timothy and I, was not yes and no, but in Him it has always been yes. For all the promises of God find their yes in Him. And that's why through Him that we say the Amen to God for His glory. When you're reading through the Old Covenant, and and especially the promises in Deuteronomy, and the promises in the Psalms, and some of the promises that you see in there, all of those promises have found their absolute fulfillment in Jesus Christ. Those promises, some of those promises were obtained by Israel. Some of those things they actually got to enjoy. They actually got to walk in the blessing. Some of those things they missed out on because they didn't. Some of those things they totally missed because they fell into sin and rebellion and they couldn't uphold the old covenant. They couldn't carry the law perfectly. But when Jesus came, He fulfilled the law. He carried it out fully. And He carried it out on our behalf. And He established a new covenant. And we are included into that new covenant by putting our faith in Jesus Christ. The One who fulfilled that covenant with the Father. And now all those blessings are ours today. All the blessings. All, yes, all the blessings. And so when you share, when you pray, when you evangelize, when you, uh, when you come before God for a need, you can have the full assurance that in Jesus I have the promises of God. He still has the sovereignty to move in those promises the way He wants to, but that doesn't mean they're not mine. That doesn't mean He hasn't made them all available. Amen? So, knowing who you're with, spending time with Jesus, getting to know His heart, and knowing what you have leads you to a place, should lead you to a place of boldness. Now, quickly, the the second part of this that we see uh, in the New Covenant believers, their prayer and evangelism was bold, but it was also compassionate. So different. So much different than 
um, things in the Old Covenant. Because in the Old Covenant law, Mosaic law, um, and Old Covenant law in general, there was um, a huge difference in the way that you looked at people um, that were called your enemies. Or people that weren't even your same race in some, to some degree. Um, there was very limited compassion at, you know, in, in that regard. Uh, you've heard Jesus even told them, your law says an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And you remember some of the penalties that God had for people who broke the law. You remember some of the, the, um, the ways that it seemed like uh, there was just a yes or no. It was either yes, you followed the law and you enjoyed the blessings and you walked in the promises, or no, and it was severe consequences. But when you come to the new covenant and Jesus fulfills the covenant for us, in Him, He inverts he takes and he flips on his head this way of viewing your enemies, of viewing even those you were close to when they fail or when they hurt you or when they wound you. Jesus said, he turns it on his head and he says, I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you and who use you and who abuse you. He also said this at another time. He said, you know, if, if someone comes to you and they say, I need you to go a mile with me. Like the Romans, to put that in context, if the Romans came to a Jew and they needed somebody to help carry something or, or work with them for a, for a mile down the road or get, get something from somewhere, they'd recruit them. They didn't have a choice. Come, you're going to carry this for us. So the, Jesus said, don't just go one mile with them. Hey, they're your enemy. Show a little extra love. Hey, I'll go two miles. You need more help getting down the road? I'll do it. He said, if they come to you and they ask for your shirt, don't just give them your shirt. Take off your jacket and give it to them. He takes everything from the Old Covenant and flips it upside down. And he says, the new law is love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And that includes, your neighbor includes those that are like you and those that you get along with that haven't hurt you and offended you or spitefully used you in some way. But your neighbor also includes those that have hurt you, that are acting like an enemy. We are called to compassionately pray for and love our enemies. Um, Matthew 9.36, Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. And when he saw the crowds, he was moved with compassion for them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Compassion comes from, again, knowing who you are with. Jesus' heart. Jesus said this. Let me say this. The heart of the Father, which is what Jesus revealed to us, is compassion. It's compassion. It's mercy. And it's love. And Jesus told this to His disciples. He said, I only do what I see My Father doing. He told Philip, have I not been with you this long? Do you not know that when you see me, you see the Father? Because under the old covenant, the view of who the Father was and the view of who, what his heart was all about was kind of skewed. It was kind of veiled. And especially when you get into the New Testament era, and the Pharisees have taken over and have come up with something like 613 additional laws to put on the people. It's like the heart of the Father just gets more and more veiled 
behind this law. But when Jesus comes, as Hebrews says, the veil is taken away. And they're able to see this is the heart of the Father. The heart of the Father is compassion. Just as it was while Jesus was preaching in the earth. It says He looked at the people, He looked at the crowds that were coming to Him, and He was moved with compassion. Why? Because they were confused and helpless. And they were like sheep without a shepherd. Now the Pharisees might have looked at this same crowd and said, what a bunch of miserable sinners. You know, what a bunch of ragtag. You know, here's some more law. Hope you can follow this. If not, you're not worthy. It's not the way Jesus looked at the crowds. When Jesus saw these crowds coming, He was moved with compassion. How do you see people that differ from you? Maybe in opinion. Maybe in politics. Maybe in whatever they believe. Are they your enemy? Are they... What are they to you? What's your first response? Especially when they... You know, they don't deserve mercy. They don't deserve compassion. They want to believe that. They want to think that. They want to follow that lifestyle. They want to follow that road. They get what they deserve. Jesus didn't look at people that way. He looked at people with compassion because what He was seeing was not the person, but He saw the enemy behind the person that made them the way they were, that was working in their heart to do just what He said, make them confused and helpless. And they didn't know which way was up. Let me tell you something. Today, there's a lot of people walking around us in this country, in this world. They don't know which way is up. They are so corrupted and so deceived by the enemy and so in bondage and so trapped. Our job, our job as New Covenant believers is not to judge them and say, that's what they get. Or write them off. Our job as New Covenant believers is to do just what Jesus did, to look upon them with a heart of compassion and pray, pray for them. First of all, to pray for God to begin to move in their hearts, to begin to soften their hearts to the Gospel, to begin to soften their hearts to His voice. And the other part of that is the evangelism. Not being afraid to get next to people who are not like us. Not being afraid to get right in the big middle of somebody's brokenness and bondage and deception. And just say, hey, I'm here. You know, I'm here for you. I'll walk, I'll walk with you in this direction. You know, it's okay. I'm with you. I'm here. That's evangelism. Your heart is, I just want to help you take another step closer to Jesus. That's our job as New Covenant believers, is to love compassionately, to pray compassionately. Last part of this. Oh, I think it went to sleep. There we go. Compassion comes from knowing what you have. 1 Peter 2, 9-10 says this, but you're a chosen people. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You! Tyler Christian Fellowship. Your God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. For once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. When Brother Joe was talking a while ago about um, 
the overflow out of our hearts in worship, like Susanna's expression in tongues when he was talking about that being an overflow. The overflow of the compassion that we have for people is because we have received it ourselves. It's a pouring in that God has poured into our lives. And so it overflows from our hearts and our lives into the hearts and lives of others. It's so easy. It is so easy for us to forget how much we've been forgiven. You know, in those early years that I was talking about, when I, when, when I first gave my heart to the Lord and I was just sharing Jesus with everybody, that was the motivator for me. I felt like I had been forgiven such an incredible weight of debt and that my past had been completely erased and that I was forgiven by the blood of Jesus and I had found this mercy. He had done so much for me. The least that I could do is go and show the same mercy that I had been shown to others. And Sometimes we can drift so far away from ground zero, what I would call ground zero of our conversion or our salvation moment where that dawns on us, we've been forgiven such a tremendous amount. Sometimes we can drift so far away from ground zero that it's lost its effect. And we can forget, man, we've been given mercy. We've been forgiven. So we have to remember as new covenant believers that that ground zero moment, we have to return to that place with God where in those encounter times, personal encounter times with Him, We just come back to the place of thankfulness for what He has done and what He has been for us. And as we meet with Him and as He aligns our heart with His and as He writes the ship and as He puts things on course for the day or puts things back on course if they've been out of kilter and we receive that mercy fresh from the Lord and we take it out and we share it with others and we touch their life and we change like that girl said to me, we change the trajectory of their day. We change the trajectory, maybe even, of their life. So I want to encourage you this week, as we're getting ready to close, I want to encourage you this week to think about the things that you've heard here this morning. The digression part, too. If you're praying for the when, start praying for the how. And then be obedient to walk that out, whatever the first step that God shows you may be. But then I also want you to begin, if you're not already, to begin having those personal encounter moments daily. That's why Rooted is so good. Just a plug for that one more time. Because it's a 30-minute investment in your day getting to know the heart of God and getting back in touch with His heart and realigning your heart with His and hearing from Him. So make this week a priority week getting your heart into alignment, spending that time with Him. And as you're spending time in His presence this week, and you're praying for others, or as you're out driving around, or in your workplace, or your school, your business, or wherever you are, and you hear God speak, I'm just going to ask you to take a step and do whatever He's asking you to do. Be bold, and be compassionate, and let God use you to change the course of someone's day or life, maybe for eternity. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you for uh, sharing the word with us this morning.
So uh, before we go, as he was uh, speaking, um, I felt like that the Lord laid something on my heart for us to do something really special for somebody. Um, so, um, and the reaction that he got from the lady, I find that so often that it's such an easy thing to say, can, can I pray for you? Or is it okay if I pray for you? Or something like that. That people, I mean, I, I have had people turn it down, but rarely. Most of the time people are like, oh yeah, would you please? And um, there's a member of our congregation that's in uh, the hospital this morning, uh, Mike Morgan. And uh, he's, uh, as far as I know, he's in ICU. He's really been struggling with uh, some heart issues. Um, so I just wanted us to pray for him um, this morning. And um, if you would, do you have, if you have their number, actually, um, turn me off. I mean, don't, just turn me off so it doesn't record this. I don't necessarily want to put this on the internet, but... Um, I'll give you the phone number. And just a real brief text. Just send her a text and just say, hey, Cindy and Mike, if, if, she, if she doesn't have your contact information, tell them who it is um, that's, um, that's texting them. And you don't have to know them in order to text them. Believe me, I, I woke up in the middle of the night um, a couple of times last night and prayed for Mike. Um, and I just texted her this morning and said, I've been praying for you. And just the reaction was just so, you could just tell she's so appreciative of that. Um, so if you've got it, just text her and say, you know, this is who this is. And um, I, I prayed for you. And we're going to, let's stand together and we're going to pray. Now, on three just real loud, just say, we love you, Mike and Cindy, okay? Will y'all do that? Let's practice that. One, two, three. We love you, Mike and Cindy. Okay. Like, that's good. I told her I was going to call her and not to answer, so we can leave this as a voicemail. She's got a lot, you know, she's one of these, it's like, it's going to ring about ten times before it goes to voicemail. Can you hear? We're praying for you guys. Okay, let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just lift up Mike to you right now, Lord. Uh, we just believe, Lord Jesus, that the, the uh, investment that you've made in this man's life and the gift that he is, Lord Jesus, that you have uh, plans and purposes for him. Uh, I just pray for a, just a divine touch and healing in his body right now, Lord, um, in Jesus' name. I just pray, Lord, that you would just draw really close to them in that hospital room. Drive all fear away, Lord. Uh, I pray that you would help them, Lord Jesus, find a way to rest in you, even in a situation like this, Lord. Um, and we believe, Lord Jesus, that it's not up in the air. We believe, Lord, that our security is in Jesus Christ and that you're going to do good things through this, Lord. Just draw near to them and bless them and comfort them. And uh, as we're praying, Lord, we're also praying for those that we have uh, named before you uh, in the previous few weeks, Lord, five people on our list that we're praying for uh, to help them take a step closer in that they need Jesus and we want to be a part of that. Um, 
We lift them up to you right now, Lord, in Jesus' name. And uh, again, we pray, Lord, that you would draw them as only you can, Lord. It's so much like falling in love, Lord. It's something that we do, but it's something that's just a little bit beyond us too, Lord. It's just something that happens to us that we respond to, and we pray for that, Lord. We pray that something would happen in their heart to open them to the love of God, that something would happen in their heart, Lord, that would open their eyes to the beauty of your holiness, Lord. And, uh, and we commit ourselves, Lord, to be a part of that process in any way that we can. If we can't be a part of the process of these that we are naming before you, if we can't be a part of directly leading them or, or coming along beside them, then put somebody else in our life that we can do that for, Lord Jesus, believing that wherever they are, you're going to put somebody in their life as well. And uh, we just trust you with it. Thank you for the wonderful time we've had in your presence here today, Lord. Thank you for speaking to our hearts. And I just pray, Lord, that you would find us to be those who are um, enthusiastically following you, Lord, with all our heart and soul and mind and strength. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, and you're dismissed this morning. <laughs>